Welcome to the Abbey Talks podcast series with myself, Lisa Farley, coordinator of the talk series here at the Abbey. For last orders at the dockside, playing out in the Abbey stage, I asked writer Neve Gleeson to take over at the helm for a series of mini podcasts about life in the docks. You won't hear Neve's voice within these recordings. We decided to let the dockers and the docker's daughter do the talking. And talk they do. About a way of life of a time gone by. Of hardship, of friendship, of family and friction. All the good, the bad, the long and the short of it. Enjoy this podcast. My name is Margaret Cullen. Before I was married, I was Margaret Byrne. My dad is William Thomas Byrne. He was a docker. And we lived on Sheriff Street, St. Bridget's Gardens in Sheriff Street, Dublin. My dad was the very first in his family to be a docker. He did have a button, but he didn't pass it on. My eldest brother and the next brother down, they went off to England, and my youngest brother didn't want it. So it was never used after my dad had it. I don't think he regretted it at all. I don't think he did. It just, it didn't seem to bother him, do you know what I mean? Not not that I saw. Mum was very happy because it was hardship with my dad working on the docks, especially for her, you know. Nine children in the family. And dad being dad, he wasn't very helpful along the way. He maybe brought in the money and that was it made the rules and the regulations, but other than that, there was no, there was no help from Dad for the night to, to the nine children. Dad drank. He was a drinker, so he drank most of his wages rather than handed up to Mam. So we were very poor. We were very, very poor. Mam did her best, but, you know, and it wasn't until my older brothers and sisters started to work, go to work, that it became much easier for her to manage, you know. But with, with Dad alone, no. I've been told that he was a singer-out. I've been told Dad was a singer-out on the docks. He had a bad hip, you know. I probably should have been operated on, but never was, you know. So he more cycled than walked anywhere, you know, because it was easier for him. So he kind of got an easier job, and the easy job was the singer-out, you know. Singer out was to tell the people when something was coming, being lowered down from the ship onto the, the keys. That was what he did. In Sheriff Street now, I don't know there were that many. You know, I don't remember that many from around Sheriff Street. There probably was, but I don't remember. Maybe just a few. A few of my dad's friends, uh, one, two, maybe three or four. That's, they're the only ones I know that worked on the docks with my dad. I lived in St. Bridget's Gardens, right? And when I was a kid, we weren't allowed outside of our block of flats, right? So, and all, there were, there were two lots of St. Bridget's Gardens. There was St. Lawrence's Mansions and there was another block of flats. And we weren't allowed outside of there. And the only time we met friends from those other blocks was at school. So even after school, we were, if I had a friend in a different St. Lawrence's Mansions, I wasn't allowed to go to my friend's house and neither was my friend allowed to come to our house. So you were kind of confined to your own block. So as I'm saying, there were probably a lot more dockers that I didn't know about in the, in the other blocks. You know, I only knew about the few that were around us. 
mum mum didn't have female friends that were were dockers' wives. No, no. Uh, neighbours were my mum's friends. The neighbours, the neighbours at that time, always knocked on each other's door if they needed anything, and if it was there, they were giving it. You know, simple as that. Everybody looked after everybody else back in those days, and I think that's where I got. The, my, you know, signs in life, this is how you, you live, you help other people, not just go for yourself all the time. When Dad was working, it was very peaceful in the house. <laughs> and when he was home, <laughs> there was friction. There was friction, you know, he could come in with maybe drink on him or whatever and cause problems. So. For us at home, it was easier when there was just mom at home with us, you know. I mean, she was a strict mom as well, you know, but still, it was much easier there without dad. Awful thing to say. However, that's the way it was. I just remember my dad with a limp, a very bad limp, right? Never found out whatever happened to him. He never actually complained about it now. You know, he would just tell you, I can't walk there. If I can't go on my bicycle, I can't go or get a taxi or a lift or whatever. But he never complained about it, you know. And all the time I remember having him having it, you know. It was, ju it was just like he accepted it the way it is. This is the way I am, you know, get on with it, you know. That's what he did. He finished up there just prior to containerization. He took redundancy or lump sum or whatever they called it back then in the day. And he had a right time in the pubs, I needn't tell you. <laughs> and I won't elaborate on that. <laughs> it's over 20 more years ago. Yeah, he died. He died of stomach problems, which is, you know, it, it, it goes with the way he drank when he was younger and so on, you know, so ulcers came on and all other stuff to do with stomach cancer, so. I don't know whether she did have resented or not. I think she just accepted it, that this is, this is the life the way it is here, you know. I never ever heard her complain about it, you know. She'd give out about dad drinking too much, but other than that, no. She was a very quiet person, God love her, you know, she really was. I, I I don't even know how she managed as well as she did with nine children. Definitely not. And I was in the middle of all those. There were five before me and then myself and then three after me. The the younger two had it a lot easier than anyone older than them, you know, because the older ones were looking after them. And anything that was going the younger two got, you know. I was in class as the younger one, never. <laughs> From what I gather, they lived around the same area and they could have been neighbours. You know, they were both, one was from, what was Clarence Street, which is off Pierce Street. And my mum my lived around that area, Queen Street was the other street. They, they both lived in the same area, so I'd say that's probably how you know, I never ever heard him talking about going to dances or going to the cinema or... I don't even think my mum ever went to the cinema when, or, or to dances when she was with Dad. That wasn't done in those days, do you know what I mean? They didn't have the money to do any of that. 
but I know my dad's parents married when they were 15 and 16. From the, um, the genealogy, you know, but going back through that, they married when they were 15 and 16, and they had a big family as well. It was just like they accepted life, this is the way life is for us, you know, and they never seemed to strive outside because it was all they knew, if you know what I mean, you know. Whereas nowadays, people are going for better and better and better all the time. I do it myself if I can, you know. But they just, it was like a way of life that they'd grown up with and they didn't know any different. And at that time, a lot of people that would have been in their circle would have been doing the same, very same thing, you know, as they were doing. They didn't know any, any different. My son was in secondary school and in the, uh, my daughter-in-law's mom, who I went to school with when I was younger, she came up and she says, your son is in secondary, does he do art? I said, he does. So the next thing she plonked three boxes, presentation boxes in front of me. She says, they're, they're for your son. And he says, mom, I've never used them. So we were lying at home for a long time, you know, and I started to watch Frank Clark. He did a half hour show on TV and I started to videotape him, all of his shows, and I took it up from there. I was, I got my, my canvas ready and my paints ready and I watched it and I would stop it. And then I would do that bit and then I would do the same, watch it again and stop it again. And that's exactly how I started. And mostly self-taught other than a little bit of help from Frank Clark. And it got to the stage, it got to the stage where I could criticise Frank Clark because I could see where he rushed too much and he shouldn't have done that, you know, he should have took his time doing that. But because he only had a half an hour, he had to fit everything in, you know. No, no, definitely not. No ambitions. I think in that time, in that time, people like my mum, they grew up and they got to a certain age and they met a guy and they got married and it was just like a procedure, you know, it, it was just the way it happened. That, that was all she knew. So she had no, no other aims or ambitions after that other than to have children and rear them and so on. I don't know whether she expected to have nine, but she did, you know. I did want better for her. I, did, I definitely, definitely did want better for Mam. But at that time, there was nothing. I was too young. There was nothing I could do about it, you know. But from there, at my time, I could reach higher than what my mum ever even would even think about, you know. Now, I left school at 13 years old and I started work. I, did, I went to secondary school for three weeks and I didn't like it, so I, I didn't go anymore. So I started work as a seamstress. So in, in that sense, I even got further than my mom than, than being a seamstress, if you know what I mean. And then it just went on from there. When I met my, boy, my husband, now he was my boyfriend then, you know, I mean, there was a few boyfriends. I think my mum only had one boyfriend. I, you know, no, sorry, she spoke about one other, one other, in a nice way. And she, 
she just seemed to have met this guy, but I don't think she ever went out with him or anything. She might have just liked him, you know, but it didn't didn't work out for her, so she ended up with that pops as we knew him. I should tell you that his, his docker's name was Glimmerburn. Don't know where the name came from, but that's that was his docker's name. I left there and I went to England before I got married. I went to live with my sister in England, my eldest sister Maureen in England. And I met my husband there and we came back to Dublin to live. Got married, he's from Wicklow, so we went to live there and then came back to Dublin. When, when there's any events on down there, I attend some of them, you know, if I can. I, got, I attend. They have a, a Luke Kelly night there every year and I usually go to that. And if I hear of any other events down there, I will go down there. And there's still some down there that remember me and I remember them. They might call me my sister's names, you know. However, uh, <laughs> it was a brilliant area. It was an absolutely brilliant area to grow up in and I have to say I enjoyed my childhood living in, in Sheriff Street. I loved school. I absolutely loved school. I mean lots of people in the, back in that day hated school but I loved school. There was one thing I have to say, there was one thing I shared with my dad. It was the only thing I shared with my dad and that was the love of history. I, it was the only thing I could speak to him about you know, person to person, because he loved telling me all about the old times and the history of the place and his history and so on. And I loved listening to it. So for that, I thank him.